in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the tardy Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> well, yeah. Can't argue that one. No, you can't, Glenn. No, you can't. Look, dinner ran late. It, my wife made this new dish. It didn't come out of the, you know, she's really excited about it. That's when you just got to say sorry. Should have been done 10 minutes ago. I got a podcast to do. Yeah. I, I, uh, <clears throat> I would actually, anyone listening, I would advise against that. Look, Glenn, you got a loyal following of 15 people that expect this podcast to be on time. <laughs> they don't know when we record it. What, what would happen if I <laughs> was the tardy one? Well, that's true. I, that would be, uh, pretty difficult. Every time, this is your house. Every time, uh, I think I hear that word tardy, I think of Daily Roth. Really? What? He, uh, in the um, magnum opus, Hot for Teacher. Uh, <laughs> Daily Hot Roth. Hot for Teacher! Yeah, they, you know, he has like these talking segments. He always does that in all of his, yeah. you know, that's one of his shticks is he does like the background talking thing. Yeah. And then in, in Hot for Teacher, he's saying a bunch of random stuff and he says, I don't feel tardy. <laughs> you can take that for what it's worth. Ugh. I don't know what that means really, but I also, think... Also, Daily it, Roth... Think about that for a second. Yeah. And then I, that phrase, and then, I, yeah. It's, I don't know, but I always think about David Lee Roth every, every time I hear that, that phrase, Tarnie. Well, well, Brian, at least you won't think of me. So That's true. That's true. So I did tonight, but maybe... We'll just, we'll just hit hot for teacher, and we'll be good. Yep. We'll be good to go from here. That'll wipe my memory of all things. <laughs> and you know what else I'd like to wipe my memory of, Glenn? What's that? Uh, a site called Gentleman.com. <laughs> I uh, I wish we could forget it. Yeah. I wish I could quit you, (laughs) gentlemen. But I just can't. Can't can't find a way to quit you. I can't do it. I can't Uh, quit gentlemen.com, Glenn. And I suspect that our listeners out there probably can't get their heads out of gentlemen either. They can't get their their mind off gentlemen. No. You know? They can't find a way to quit it. Can't find a way to quit gentlemen. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if you haven't, if you haven't been there, maybe it's, maybe it's a, maybe it's a bridge you don't want to cross because it's, you know, you get you get waist deep in this stuff. You're never coming back out. Yeah, it's like it's like um, if you ever been hiking on a trail, right? Mm-hmm. And you're hiking, and like as you get further along the trail, kind of gets a little less, you know, traveled, and so right. it's a little harder to see. Uh huh. And after a while, you're kind of guessing where the trail is. Right. That's you, like and, that's know. like being a gentleman for extended periods of time. Exactly. You get lost in the woods. You <gasps> come yeah. up for air. And you gotta mm-hmm. you know figure out right ugh, right. Yeah. So it can be it can be treacherous, it can be a, it can be a, a lengthy journey. It is, uh, yes. depending depending on on how interested you are in, in good things on the internet. That's right. You know, if you're just if you're okay with the regular crap, then you know don't worry about going to gentleman.com. There's there's plenty of great uh, sites out there for that. Yeah, exactly. But we're cut above, Glenn. We that's, are. That's what I'm saying. You know, we expect nothing less from our members. Exactly. Who post fantastic exactly. things. And that, that we're just, you know, we're we're expecting the best out that's of right. out of the people that post stuff at gentleman.com, and they always deliver. That's what we get. Too. That's it. That's right. That's right. We expect it. Yep. And we get it. Exactly. Partially uh, due to our um, our visual visualization techniques. Yeah. Techniques, I, yeah. I wake up every morning and razor, I razor back. Razor back. Yeah. <laughs> 
to amaze Samoose. Yeah. Um, and the cut above gentleman.com. Yes. Or cut below, maybe. Mm. That's a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. Is podcast.gentleman.com. Where we talk about all the stuff that gets posted at gentleman.com and also some sprinkle in a little bit interesting spices of the right. rest of the internet. Right. You know, yeah. that, that maybe. Paprika. We, that's right. Yeah. Cumin. Cumin. Cumin? Cumin. I don't know how to say that one. There's a lot of different ways. Tarragon. You could say it. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Uh, <laughs> anyway. anyway. Um, so, anyway, uh, if, you get, uh, if you get lost in gentleman.com, <laughs> Find your way over to podcast.gentleman.com yes. and get really lost. Yeah. You know, just just let yourself go mm-hmm. into podcast.gentleman.com. Yes. And your life will be enriched. Uh, our lives will be enriched. Yep. We'll all be enriched together. It'll just be one big enriching. Enriching experience yes. for all of us involved. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, Glenn, as always, people can send a letter over to P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. Mm-hmm. Um, preferred method, post office. If you want to reply, send a self-addressed stamp Stamped envelope. envelope, and we'll get back to you. Because we don't... Look, you can write us, but we're, yeah. we really need you to send us a stamp. If all it's I've go got... Back. You know, I bought all my forever stamps, <laughs> like, <laughs> ten years ago. You've got them. And I'm, I'm, stocked, I'm stocked up. i got a safe <laughs> with all my forever stamps in it that I paid 28 cents for. Right, okay. And I'm writing those out, mm-hmm. man. They say forever. I'm going to test that theory. That's right. Uh, so I, I've got my stockpile, but I can't cut into it. i got my allotment. I That's can right. use just a few a month. So how many, Yeah, you, you probably got a yearly mm-hmm. stock. i got a quota. Yeah. yeah. And I can't break it because yeah. otherwise I'm going to have to buy new stamps well, I, at an increased price. Definitely at an Im- increased price. Oh, yeah. But yeah. we're talking bad about the post office. I mean, you think no. about the cost of inflation and infrastructure mm-hmm, and the, mm-hmm. so many more people are using the post office these days very reasonably priced it co- it costs more it's still due to the high high demand that's right that's right so we, yeah we're big fans of the post office uh-huh. and we encourage high usage of the post office once once that internet email thing was proven a fad right just a, a fart in the <laughs> email, breeze i mean they, yeah. they you know everybody knows email is a joke yeah e- come on is it email i'm email internet no eight yeah, I don't know AOL mail. I don't. I don't know. What, I don't even know what it is, Glenn. I just get my mail from the post office. <laughs> right. I know this electronic stuff. Um, right. So, but I mean, if if we have to, we will read our email once mm-hmm. every few months yep. and see if anybody's emailed us. But you know, with all the letters we get, we're busy. You know, yeah. it's hard for us to take the time to get over to the email. Yeah. <sighs> it's a burden, but it's a burden. It's worth it. It is. It is. It's true. It's true. <clears throat> and so is the post office. The post office is worth your. Your stamp. I don't know how much stamps cost these days. Thirty five cents, thirty six cents, forty cents, forty five. I don't know. Here, let me look. This I'm up. like a auctioneer over here. Price. Twenty nine, twenty nine, forty eight, thirty eight, thirty eight, thirty eight, forty eight. We got a forty eight. We got a forty eight. Go on, go on. Forty nine, forty nine cents. Wow. I'm glad I got those forever stamps in the nineties because man, pretty soon I'll be paying with a half dollar. The shiny half dollar. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, uh, 49 cents is still cheap to send a letter to gentleman.com. You know what I mean? It's true. It's, it's a bargain these days. What else can you get for 49 cents? A Coke. Yeah, maybe. You know? You Last time I got... Off-brand Cokes, like they have at grocery oh, stores? Where yeah. They have, like, you know... It's like, yeah. Diet right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. You get an RC right Cola. In. You can get a ricey, or RC Cola. <laughs> RC Cola. RC Cola for 49 cents, probably. Yeah. yeah. Royal Crown. Mm-hmm. Is that that's not Crown Royal? No. Oh, okay. Royal Crown. Is there a difference? Okay, oh, yeah. there's a difference. Okay. Yes. Um, well, okay. So anyway, uh, you can send us an email at howdyatgentleman.com or you can go to twitter.com slash gentleman, facebook.com slash gentleman, uh, lo.com slash gentleman. 
Uh, Hello. <laughs> have you not heard about Hello? No. Oh my god. Is this new? Or Where have you been? What, how do you spell it? E L L O. No, I've not. Oh, oh, I think I. This is what all the kids are using. Yeah, yeah. all the kids these days are on Hello. Yeah. So we got to set up our profile, man. Yeah. There's also one I saw. There's an app called Yo. Yo. Okay. And it's very trendy. Mm. But I saw a breakdown of how the app actually works, and it's pretty com- comical because you just don't understand what's going on. Oh, it's yeah. Just, Anyway, that's neither here nor there. No, it is. All these Glenn. newfangled apps. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, Glenn. Let's get back to the show because let's let's, let's let's talk about the here and now. Not all these crazy social networking apps, mm-hmm. like gentlemen stuff like that. So, so Brian, what is here and what is now? Uh, what's here and now, Glenn, is the drink of the week. Um, and this week, Glenn, uh, this <sighs> favorite segment. You know, I'll, uh, we've been we've been doing the drink of the week for the last several weeks, and we've been making hay out of Ooh. all of the. Oktoberfest, the pumpkin ales, the fall, mm-hmm. the fall seasonal mm-hmm. stuff, Glenn. And I gotta say that this is probably my favorite, one of my favorites out of all of them. I really, really? like this. I like this brewery a lot. Mm. Um, and I think we've probably talked about them before, um, but they weren't talking about them again. Yes. And this is the uh, Sierra Nevada brewery, mm-hmm. um, and they have a lot of great beers. Um, their, I think their flagship is their pale ale. Yeah, I would say. So. And that's a very good pale ale. Um, and uh, this, but what this is, their fall seasonal, and they have, they have a couple different fall seasonals. They have one that's called the flip side, which is an IPA, yep. a red red IPA thing that you know I think we might have had on the show. I don't know. Yep. Um, but then this other one is this. You can't like, as far as I can tell, you can only get these beers in a like pack. They mm-hmm. come in like a multi pack of four different beers. Um, and so tonight we're going to split that in two and we're going to try two of them. Okay. So this is groundbreaking. This is a gentleman first. Oh, okay. Uh, so I got to give two ratings, two ratings, oh. two ratings, two individual ratings, wow. one episode. That's two for one. So if you're hey. listening out there, you're getting Man, a good deal. You picked a good yeah, day to listen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the two that we're going to take a look at tonight is, are the Oktoberfest okay. and the Vienna Lager. Okay. Uh, it's a Vienna style lager. Um, and just, you know, before we before we get into this, um, you know, uh, the mustache twist ratings and all this stuff, uh, a little bit about the Sierra Nevada oh. Brewing Company. Yes. I- um, because since we're about to pour these beers down our throats, we might as well know a little bit about the person that made them. Right. You know what I mean? Um, yes. So I was reading about this company, and I really like the story behind this brewery. Um, this guy, Ken Grossman, okay, grew up loving, you know, as a kid, he was even trying to make beers, which is crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, well, I'm not supposed to drink them, but I like to make them. He said he learned to homebrew from the father of a close friend. And it says from an early age, he was enamored by the sights and smell of fermenting jugs of bubbling beer, wine, and sake. So this is like Weird Uncle Roy was teaching... Uh, little, I wish I had a Weird Uncle Roy. Little Timmy had a, mm-hmm. had a brew beer. Now, son. Yeah. Need more hops. Exactly. Um, so anyway, he, he has this instilled passion um, mm. for, for brewing. Uh, so he opened up a home brewing shop in a, in a, a town called Chico, California. Um, Northern California. Um, happened to go through there to visit some friends. Really liked the place. So he said, I'm going to start a home brewing shop here. And so he did. Um, and that was going really well. And he wanted to get further into brewing beer. But the problem was in the 70s, which is when he had this home brewing company, 
It was hard to get hops. There was no supplies like they have for microbrewers now. There was no home brewing back in the day. You know, you couldn't I mean? mail off for a kit. Yeah, exactly. Okay. There's no, you know, there's no kits or anything like that. So what he did was very enterprising. He drove to Yakima, Washington, mm-hmm. where they have a lot of hop suppliers because back in the day you couldn't just order hops basically. Mm-hmm. And he convinced farmers up there to sell him basically the seconds mm. from that he that they were sending out for samples to different major major brewing players in the okay. country. Um, and then he took those back, sold them to the shop, and then he began to start to use them to try to create his, his own brew. Then uh, you couldn't buy the equipment. So he taught himself to weld and hand-built all of the brewing oh, equipment wow. that he used to, um, <laughs> to brew his initial beers. And a really cool part about that, too, is that he said that he was convinced that his beer had to be like perfect and consistent. And so he used all of his money... To make and throw away several batches of beer that weren't quite right until he perfected a recipe that he knew could get consistent on his equipment. And that's what got him started. So this guy put all his chips on the table. Man. Back in the day. That's an enterprising lad. It is. And this was the 70s. uh, And it kind of just grew from there. I think he started with that pale ale and then he went into a bunch of different kinds. Hmm. I think he said that one of the early ones in 1981, they, they did the celebration ale, which is a... Christmas uh, seasonal, really popular. This is really popier, and really it's good. specifically formulated with you know really fresh like you know Candy hops canes. that you would. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, anyway, a little bit about Sierra Nevada Brewing. Uh, I like all their beers. Really, I think they're all good. The, the pale ales is one of. I mean, I don't typically drink the pale ales, but that that one is. I, I like that one a lot. It's very refreshing. Yeah, the, the they have a, I like their stout a lot. They mm-hmm. have a good stout. Mm-hmm. Paleo. The stout is one that they mentioned is one of their early ones too. Mm, man, it's really um, good. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Okay, ahead. so the first yeah. beer we're gonna crack up, crack open. Am I? Am, are you doing something or no? No. Okay, go we're ahead. cracking open the uh, the Oktoberfest first. So let me let me uh, just. Uh, oh, there's one. There's for you, Brian. And um, now, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, what does beer snob? rate this this fine ale so beer snob um they say okay this is this is a little bit of a weird precedent okay okay i'm kind of weirded out by this score i'm really weirded out by this score actually okay it's rated in 86 Hmm. which confound uh, it confuses me um because that's a pretty high rating and so, and it's a fairly common. Well, no, it's an Oktoberfest, so it's a, it's a, yeah, it's not a weird beer. It's not like a hibiscus goes. <clears throat> it's not a chocolate porter barrel aged oaked stout. But it's not as run of the mill as say a stout or a mm-hmm. lager or. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well. All right, man. So, maybe we should ask that. Maybe we should. Maybe we should save our research until after we rate it, so we can see how we stack up against. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's give it a cheers. Give it a pull. Cheers. Oktoberfest, Sierra Nevada. Mm. Oh, it's like a malty circus in my mouth. It, 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 yeah, it's delicious, it's sweet, mm-hmm. but but not, not too sweet. Nope, no, mm. it's very good. Hmm. <sighs> okay, it'd be hard to drink a lot of these, mm-hmm. but that's not the point. It's not, Glenn. <clears throat> wow, that's really good. Yeah, it is. Okay, so mustache mm. twists mm. on the Oktoberfest. Oh, I should mention the the price as well. Yes, yes. Always factor in the price. It's hard to say on this one because this is a twelve pack. I had to buy it in a twelve pack to get the different fall seasonal ones, and that was fifteen dollars. 
So, you probably know. Probably eight or nine. Probably eight. Yeah, eight, eight or nine, I would say. I think the rest of their beers are right around eight. I think they're seven ninety nine. Okay, so, okay. So, uh, decently, uh, yeah, moderately priced. Eight. Yeah. So, eight's pretty good. Pretty eight, good it is solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Oh, man, I, I... I think a... Mm, I think eight and a half is... I'd do eight or eight and a half, I think, here, Brian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would lean towards... At least like an 8.3. Okay. On the mustache scale. Okay. Because, um, yeah, I, I would say that. I would give them higher, but their fall seasonal pack, not that I don't like their pale ale, mm-hmm. but their, their fall seasonal four pack consists of the Vienna Lager, the Oktoberfest, the Tumbler, which is another fall beer, and then the pale ale, mm-hmm. which the pale ale I combine any time. Nah. It seems like they came up with three different ones to include, and they're like, well, we need a fourth. And the pale and the ale. ale. <laughs> That'll be fine. Yeah. I think it, when I think of summer, I think of pale ale. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that, that's a summer beer. It is. It doesn't seem very fall like to me. So I feel like they kind of cut cut corners at the worst possible time. Mm. Um. So anyway, so I would give them an eight point three. Mm. I'll give an eight three. That is that is really good. So for once, we're kind of we're kind of agreeing with. I mean, beer snob is saying eighty six. They're giving it a good. You know what, Brian? Every every now and then, a, a blind squirrel will find a nut. That's true. That's okay. very true, Glenn. Mm-hmm. So, wow, yeah, good, good for, uh, good for them. Yeah, yeah, hitting one home. They finally, they finally figured it out. They, they've come to their senses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's they, a good beer. Yeah, it is. So how are we going to do this? Are we going to um, wait gonna till an, like do a couple more segments and then yeah. crack open the next? We're going to have to give an update. All right, mid show. All right. So all right, well, a little unprecedented, but I think it's, I think it's worth it. Yeah. All right, Glenn. Well, let's uh, let's move along so mm. we can get through some of the interesting postagenomic.com in the last week or so. Mm. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just dive in, Brian. The, mm, dive uh, right in. Water's fine. Interesting post. We've got some good ones this week. Mm-hmm. Now, I again, I am remiss to tell you that the person who posted this tack in question was mm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, w- it did well. Yes, it did. So the people I would agree have spoken. That this is a good one. Yeah, I don't know. I try to I try to stay away from that, but I. But this one was really good. Um, not my picking, but it's a great article from the Atlantic about. It's unique. It's called the um, the meditation of Europe's last brewmaster nun, mm-hmm. which is a lot of things going on in that title. Let's let's just break it down right now. Okay, okay. there was a nun mm-hmm. who was a brewmaster uh, in Europe. Right now, she lived in an abbey, mm-hmm. uh, and for forty five years, Sister Doris Engelhard uh, brewed beer. Mm-hmm. And what she would do is, uh, the, the, the article, you, you should go and read it. Uh, basically, it talked about how she would get up every day at 3 and make beer. And basically, she would make, by herself, her alone, would make 80,000 um, gallons? Yeah, gallons of beer annually. Mm-hmm. And um, this is an interesting article about the, you know, how she learned her craft and how, you know, her thoughts on beer. Like, I love the, um, they asked her, you know, she has very, she thinks beer's good for you. Mm-hmm. And she, as long as you're not like you know, killing it every day. Like she, she thinks that women should have, what is it like, uh, 0.75 liters of, of beer a day, and men should have 1.5 or something like that. I like her thinking. She gives she gives numbers. Um, but also, it was interesting too because as we review these beers, Brian, mm-hmm. um, when you look at the websites of a lot of these uh, breweries or you go and do brewery tours, they all kind of seem to. To give off airs that they have like something, there's something hidden, and they have this secret thing. They have this mm-hmm. edge. Mm-hmm. And in the article, they were they asked her about her recipe, and she's like, "Sure, there's no secret. There's like four ingredients, right? And 
So it, there's no like, there's no. I mean, there's variation, but it's mm-hmm. your job as a brewmaster to just work with those four ingredients, right? And she was saying that you know a lot of times these old abbey based like you know monastery based ales mm-hmm. kind of lead off on that they're um, they go off this secret medieval recipe oh, and right, stuff right, right and and she's like no way you can't I mean the she was talking about like uh, the type of barley that they use now is not even, wasn't didn't even exist back then right so it's kind of all hogwash mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. anyway just a really uh, refreshing article. Yeah, it is. It is. That's a good good point, Glenn. And I, the, I, I read a little, read a little bit about her, and she was. It was saying that basically she, she was at like a school, and they offered a brewing, yeah, kind of track, apprenticeship type thing. Yeah, so or, she could learn how to yeah. brew. And so, I think somebody at the school asked her if she would be interested in that, and she was. And so she started doing it back then. And then she became a brewing master at like a local. I don't know. It was like a, a local, like technical school or something. They had a brewer's course. She took that and became better at it. And then she focused her life. She said she devoted her life to God and beer, basically. Yeah. So, and she's, you know, what was the quote about? <laughs> the last quote of the article is, um, she's talking about you can serve God anywhere, no matter what professional job you have. And as Saint Benedict wrote, in all things, God may be glorified, and that is also true of beer. Good point. Well said. Well said. The, the one thing that I would say that I think is inaccurate about this article, Glenn, Uh-oh. is that the title yes. uh, says The Meditations of Europe's Last Brewmaster Nun. How do we know that this is the last brewmaster nun? Maybe one's just waiting in the wings, ready to take her place. I hope so. I, I do too. I like to think there's somebody out there yeah. just waiting to be next in line for that. It's kind of like Batman. Yeah. Yeah, you hope that there's somebody like Batman out there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. She's like Europe's nun Batman. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Brewery, brewery, <laughs> what? Nunning by day, brewing <laughs> by night. You know, brewing by early morning. Yeah, exactly. Early morning. Early morning. Night. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, really cool, uh, Sister Doris Engelhard. Mm-hmm. Well done. Could have been a toast to her, but right, that would have been appropriate. That would have been, but that's all right. We will uh, we will keep her in our hearts. Yes, for the yes, rest of the will. episode. Well, she's still alive, right? Yes. Okay. I'm so. just saying you can keep okay. somebody that's in your in your heart that's, that's still true. alive. Come on. I really don't know her personally, but well, yeah, okay. The ideas are all really okay. Good. I like the idea of her in my yeah. heart. Me too. Me too. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, Glenn. So the next tack uh, was added by not Glenn. No. Uh, Thankfully, yeah. This is uh, added by our good buddy Ben Espin. Um, been posting a lot of awesome stuff. Has been since he joined the site. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guy kills it. Yeah, it's awesome. It has great posts. Uh, and this is one of those great posts. Uh, and this is an interesting news story about the sound so loud that it circled the earth four times. So it's like the, the story of the loudest uh, sound produced by the earth in in history. Like, like recorded history. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. We both oh, look at each other. Yeah. You, uh, yeah, yeah, I got this. Okay, okay so uh, in, I'm going to set the scene. Okay. Yeah. It's August 1883, Glenn. Ooh. You hear nothing. There's no there, just the the sound of the wind blowing in, you know, in your ears. You're on a vessel. You're sailing. <laughs> You're sailing. <laughs> oh wait, that's not that, a, no, that's, that's, that's a fucker. Okay. It's 1883, man. Oh, All of a sudden you hear a, a huge thunderous sound and your eardrum split. From the the pressure of the sound, ow! But it's not coming from you know 100 feet away. That's coming from 400 miles away, Glenn. That's yeah. how powerful this sound uh, was, Glenn. And that 
the uh, they have a you know this is all based on uh, you know Tesla or not testimony but written recorded history from various people around the globe that heard this this same sound. Wow. Uh, and the quote from a ship's captain, I'm sorry, 40 miles away, not 400 miles away, 40 miles away. The Still ship, impressive. Ship's captain heard the sound. He said it was so violent um, that the eardrums of over half my crew have been shattered. My last thoughts are with my dear wife. I am convinced that this is the day of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's what kind of you know that will just give you a little bit of thoughts of the, you know what was rolling through these guys' heads when this they is, hear this. This is like a Michael sound. Bay trailer. Yeah, almost. Um, and they said that you know basically uh, they were trying to describe the the distance that this tra- this sound traveled, uh, and they, they described it by saying you know if you heard something from New York City to Boston, you probably wouldn't think you think that's kind of weird. You know, if you're hearing something in New York City. You know, yeah. in, in Bo- that originated in New York City in Boston, that'd be kind of weird. This is like something originating in Dublin and you hearing it in Boston <laughs> four hours later because that's how long it took the sound to travel from there. Wow. And so they talked about what caused it. Yes, the eruption of Krakatoa. Ah, the volcano. Yeah, th- didn't the volcano split in two? Isn't that. Isn't this split an island in half. Split the island in half. And that's wow. what it did. It did. Um, so, yeah. And so. Basically, the sound just kept reverberating around around the globe. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you can imagine the actual explosion at the place. They had somebody that was quoted as saying that, I don't know, they said it was like 17 miles high of ash or something yeah. like that. 17 miles into the atmosphere, according to geologists who witnessed it. Basically, based upon that, they calculated that the stuff spewed out of the volcano at about... 1600 miles per hour or nearly mm-hmm. half a mile per second mm-hmm. twice the speed of sound my favorite quote from this is the big uh, one in the middle it says the Krakatoa explosion registered 170 or 172 decibels at 100 miles from the source this is so astonishingly loud that it's itch- inching up towards the limit of what we mean by sound wow so that's an interesting way to describe it yeah so, you know, I hope that I don't ever have to hear something like that, especially at close range, because I kind of like my eardrums. I don't want them shattered. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing to have. The other thing about this that I always wondered was how they pieced together things that happened in 1883 of stuff like sound. But it said that they actually, um, by a few, like, I don't, not too far after this happened, people started uh, using barometers to measure air pressure. Mm-hmm. Across the globe, basically, mm-hmm. and that reverberations from that initial sound were heard like in all these different areas across the globe. So they actually know that it, it you know, kind of through the barometric readings, yeah, how Whoa. far that it it came out. So anyway, kind of interesting. On a on a more uh, cosmetic uh, note, I love this site. Like I love oh yeah, Nautil- it's it's Nautilus n a u t i l dot u s and uh, I like how it's I like how it's laid out. I love how they present the story and like. Is this? What, who it does? looks like it would be a National Geographic thing or something okay. like that, but yeah. it's not. It's uh, just Nautilus. Okay. Um, but it's really cool. I love I love these. I love stories like these, where they piece together stuff. That's um, yeah. There's another there's another site that is often on gentlemen um, with the map one Atlas oh. something. Yeah, we you talked about like, that one before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in that same vein, but I, yeah. I really, I really enjoy this site. Yeah, there's a lot of cool uh, sites out there like Nautilus that are doing interesting things with presentation and storytelling that are pretty compelling. So. Yeah, 
That's really right, cool. Brian. You hit it on the head. Um, so hopefully none of us will ever have to hear that. Um, kind of like the Gentleman Podcast, um, <laughs> but a little different. Krakatoa! You know, it, it'll actually, you know, that would actually be pain. Well, Gentleman Podcast is probably painful too. In a different way. And not a physically painful. Kind of like a low humming. Yeah. Like, yeah. can't get it out of your head. Just like, you know, what's the most annoying sound in the world, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that's more of the Gentleman Podcast. Not going to hurt you. Nope. All right, um, well... Emotionally. Anyway, that's that's a, that was a fantastic story. Thank it you, was, Ben. Yes. Um, the last tack we're going to um, focus on today. I'm sorry. The next tack we're going to focus on today mm-hmm. is the uh, is added by our our friend Michael Moitos Moitos blah 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 Michael Moitoso. Mo- Moitoso. Sorry, Mike. This is yeah. We're I'm a little um, dumb. And uh, it's late in the day. It is. Right. It is. It is. I've been staring at a computer all day. And yeah. I, gotta... hey, I have. I have issues with pronouncing users' <laughs> nick, our names on here as well. I, I don't know. Moitoso. Why. Michael Moitoso. 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 It's just too many M's. Yeah. All right. So anyway, Michael has posted this fantastic um, tag, and it's uh, from BuzzFeed, no less. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know can kind of that can go either way. It can, but mm-hmm. this this is great because. What they've done, the good people at BuzzFeed have taken Ron, Ron Swanson quotes mm-hmm. and have turned them into motivational posters. Yes. And so if you watch the show Parks and Rec like I do, you will pee yourself while reading these. Um, I don't, but I still thought they were funny. <laughs> like one, like they have a, you know, there's one, they have a picture of Grand Canyon. It says, crying, acceptable at funerals and at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's Ron Swanson for you. Yeah. Um, my, one of my favorites is when people get a little too chummy with me. I like to call them by the wrong name to let them know that I really don't care about them. <laughs> the graphics behind them are great too. So yeah, uh, lots of lots of classic quotes in here. I'm gonna have to start watching Parks and Rec maybe because um, I don't know. You really should. There's I'm, some. I'm, it's a really great show. I think. <laughs> uh, there's some good ones in here. Friends, one to three is sufficient. Yeah. So anyway, check out podcast.gentleman.com. You can run through. They have like, I don't know, 40 of them on here or something like that. Shorts so. over six inches are Capri pants. Shorts under six inches are European. Mm. <laughs> Brian, what do you think about shorts? We should have talked about this as a hot bug topic. Are shorts under six inches European and over six inches uh, Capri pants? Shorts are, they're all the same to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Girls wear shorts. They do. Girls do wear shorts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do children. Yep. Children and girls wear shorts. Mm-hmm. And men. Men don't wear shorts. I see. This is where I, I agree to disagree here. A I, man, uh, man. I've never seen a man wear shorts. Not once. Really? No. See, that's funny because I could have sworn I've worn shorts. I've never before. seen a man wear, wear shorts. Hmm. <laughs> you can say I, you just can like take rustling that. around. The yeah. You can take that for what it's worth. Brian, I know what it's worth. Mm -hmm. And you you can take that and think about that. I'm just saying, Glenn. I stopped wearing shorts when I became a man. I don't think that... I don't think that that defines what makes you a man, though. No, it doesn't. But Mm. it's it's like a symptom of the the whole. You know what I mean? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Let me ask you this. Okay. All right. You you know me, okay? Mm -hmm. Rugged, outdoorsy... Manly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, basically, you know, the stereotypical manly man, right? Okay, I'm, 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 I'm rolling with this. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine me wearing shorts? 
Uh, I've seen you wear shorts. To bed? I, why would I see you <laughs> go went, to bed? I'm camping or something. <laughs> That's the only time I can think I wear shorts. You were getting in the water. Okay. <laughs> Bathing suit. Bathing suit. You can't wear jeans in the pool. Well, no one's wearing Brian. jeans in the pool. I don't know. Mm-mm. Well, wait, wait, wait. So you're not a man when you're in the water? No, it's a different context. I'm talking about day-to-day life. What about if the context is it's flipping hot out? Uh, and I, I'm wearing jeans. <laughs> well, I'm a sweaty dude. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, Brian, I, I, I disagree. Or maybe I just don't care enough about your your manliness. I guess. Yeah. Mm. I didn't mean I do have two daughters, mm. mm-hmm. so mm. I'm constantly. I don't know, Glenn. I, I, I have enough testosterone to. <sighs> Where is this going? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Glenn. I don't know, Brian. Um, we're at serious loggerheads here. It's true. It's true. We, we will save this for a legit hot button topic. We should. We should talk about this another time. Okay. All right. Just, we're, we're getting sidetracked here. Mm-hmm. We've got important things to do. We do. We have important things to We've do. We've got to stay on mission. We've got to stay on track. That's right. And uh, next on the track, rolling on down the tracks, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, was reading these, I was reading a couple stories, Glenn. You know, I took a trip to Nashville. Um, this is where I put on the heartfelt music. Okay. Um, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There it is. You hear that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was t- I took a trip to Nashville mm-hmm. about a year ago, Glenn. Okay. And um, while I was there, I was fortunate enough. I went to the Country Music Hall of Fame, and mm. uh, I was fortunate enough to go be able to part of the uh, country. You can you can go to the Country Music Hall of Fame and just check out the museum itself. And an add-on that they sell is you can go check out uh, the RCA Studio B, which is mm. this legendary. Nashville recording studio where people like Elvis Presley, you know, all Roy Orbison, everybody that you can imagine that was involved in the music industry in the late '50s, early '60s recorded at this place. It was like a rite of passage, basically. Yeah, Chet Atkins. I mean, everybody that is involved with you know, kind of that kind of sound mm-hmm. um, recorded at Studio B, and it still exists. And it, the Country Music Hall of Fame owns it now. Um, it's in a clo- an area kind of close to downtown, so it's kind of a sought-after area, but they've been able to preserve it because somebody donated it to the Country Music Hall of Fame about 15 years ago or something like that. That was nice. So um, so anyway, that was built in 1956. In 1965, they built uh, what's known as our RCA Studio A, okay, which was supposed to be the replacement to this place. Much bigger, you know, allowed for more recording uh, going on at the same time, you know, all this stuff. It was supposed to be like RCA's flagship recording studio. Okay. Uh, and that worked great until they didn't need recording studios anymore. You know, basically late, late 90s and stuff like that, people started to kind of do more project studio things. And the big, you know, recording studio that the record company owned started to go away in favor of private studios and just paying somebody else to do it so they didn't have to maintain all this stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So um, about three months ago... <laughs> Whoever owned, I don't think RCA still owned the studio. They had sold it away a long time ago, and somebody else owned it. And then people like Ben Folds, uh, Ben Folds had like a permanent lease on some part of the recording studio for like ten years. Really? And he just used that as his his home base recording studio, and then like rented it really? out to other people to use and stuff like that. Huh? Um, so, so basically. Uh, Somebody else owned it, and they decided to sell it about three years ago, or about three months ago. I guess because uh, real estate prices have been skyrocketing up there. There's a lot more interest in the city than there has been in a long time, and and all this stuff. Yeah, it's kind of booming right now. So around. somebody bought it three months ago, okay. and they said, you know what, we we want to sell it. They bought it for four million dollars, 
And uh, they said that they were going to demolish it and then build condos there and then sell the condos because it's in a really desirable location in, in Nashville. Um, Expletive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this amazing piece of musical history that's been around for 50 years that right. was like requested by Chet Atkins to be built and used for... Like Willie Dude, Nelson, you don't mess around with Chet. Everybody, like everybody, again, same scenario. Studio B. Everybody that you can imagine has recorded famous records here. I mean, there's all kinds of stories and history that go along with American music that are contained within these walls. And some developer wants to make a buck and will just in three months demolish it and make condos out of it and sell it. <clears throat> but. Fortunately for the rest of us, uh, a guy stepped in to stop that from happening, uh, and his name Who is... Who is that man? Aubrey Preston. Aubrey! And uh, this guy, <laughs> I guess he, uh, kind of ironically, he made a bunch of money in real estate in Colorado, I guess. He made a considerable amount of money, uh, and part of that money, he, he he lives in Nashville, and he's a big believer in you know the, the past of that, that city and the culture of it, and... And drawing people in to go visit it and all this stuff. And so he really believes in that as a, a way to make Nashville special. So anyway, he stepped in and he bought it from the the company. And now he is going to... I think he said he's going to hold on to it until he can find a buyer for it that will basically res- like not... He's going to like make him agree to not change the the use of the, the building. I'm amazed that they can't turn that into like a historic landmark. Because I know at, yeah. least, at least where we, we are, mm-hmm. I know like... For example, Lawrence, Kansas, a lot of downtown buildings mm-hmm. are on the National Register as historic yeah. landmarks. I think you might have to request that, though, right? Yeah, but I'm saying, why don't, why don't, yeah. you know, well, why hasn't that been done? Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, that, that, if there's a historic landmark, it's that, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of all that Maybe stuff. Tennessee laws, yeah. or, you know. Uh, I wish the Country Music Hall of Fame would just buy it, but I'm sure that coming yeah. up with, yeah, I mean, I think this guy ended up paying $5 million for it, so he paid the other company a million over what they paid for it. To, to purchase it. Well, well, did Dolly Parton like record there? Why don't yeah. she just help buy it? Well, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, she has Dolly World or Dolly Land or whatever. And- yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the story is. But this guy swooped in, saved the day. It was going to get demolished and turned into condos, but he made sure that's not going to happen. Um, and so pretty exciting. Hmm. Uh, really awesome of him to do it. I'm sure he's going to end up making a profit of it because, you know, these guys, they can't just throw $5 million away or whatever and donate it or whatever. So, uh, that, But that's fine. He he yeah he doesn't he's not going to demolish it and turn it into condos is the point he, he shouldn't be punished for doing a good thing Mm-mm. so he should get a, he should get a fair return on exactly it. so anyway I just wanted to take a second and say that I was super excited that this guy stepped up to plate uh, Aubrey Preston cheers uh, to you sir thanks for doing the right thing that's right saving a historic landmark yeah preserving um, it for future generations crises well, averted exactly for now mm-hmm. so. Okay. Brian, is, are we going to take a break here to uh, review the next one? The uh, next, sure. The next sure, whiskey? Sure, or sure, sure. Let's, or are uh, we, are we going to do the next segment and no, then do it? Let's let's open up the... Uh, okay, so we just, we're just finishing up the Oktoberfest, uh, which we gave an 8.3. 8.3. Surprisingly close to what Beer Snob yeah. gave yeah, it their 8.6. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to look up what Beer Snob says about the Vienna Lager. Um, okay. So this is a lager. Lighter... Um, Vienna. I'm guessing it's Germanier. Um, that's about all I got, though. Brian, you got to fill me in here. Okay. Um, An amber lager. Wow. Mm, I okay. think I think some I think they're trolling us, Brian. 
It's because of... You know what? That's what it is. They've heard the podcast. They've heard us making fun of them. They have know. a script. They do. Okay, well, if my eyes aren't deceiving right, me right now, it appears as though Beer Snob has given the Vienna a... An 86. An 86. Hmm. All right, well, here, uh, cheers. Let's... Cheers. Let's do it. Let's, tight, let's tighten to this. Oh yeah! Oh, that's good, man. That's smooth. Oh, did you say that you can't buy this in a six pack? Mm-mm. It's only in the seasonal stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> this is like the forever stamp. That's maybe a crime. I need to, maybe I need to go buy a safe full of this stuff and keep it locked up. <clears throat> this is gonna get a nine for me. You're gonna go nine, huh? I'm gonna go nine. It's good, man. It's really good. I'm gonna leapfrog nine right is, over beer snob. And that is it. Nine is the highest mustache scale uh, rating that we've given. Mustache twist scale. Sorry. Maybe, maybe my you know maybe because we've already had one beer and like you know when you yeah you kind of mix the two. Yeah, I don't know. I like the Vienna Lager. That is smooth. It is good and like a little sweet. It's not like a lager. It's got it's got enough body to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not got like a little thin. hemp behind it. Yeah. It's good, See man. the problem. My thing with lagers is that they're just so thin and like they often they, they're just kind of like nondescript and like don't mm-hmm. don't have much to work with. But this lager is like it is. Yeah, the, the okay. Yeah, the, the description is nuanced flavors um, drift from semi sweet bready malt notes to a floral and spicy kick. I really don't get the spicy kick. No, there's not much of a spicy kick on it. I think that's false advertising. I mean, it's a little... You just barely... It's just... It's like carbonation, basically, mm-hmm. is what it feels mm-hmm. like. Wow, that's good. What do you yeah. think? Do you think nine's too high? Or no, we... I think you're right. <laughs> I think we're in agreement on that one. Man. 9.0 on the mustache twist scale. You know, we need to have a um, a little section somewhere. We Yeah, we should. On the site or something mm-hmm. where we have our own little... We have our ratings. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. that's another spinoff on the site. Yeah, we could. Have people submit their own ratings to different beers? Mm-hmm. We take over beer snob. Yeah, could do it. Mm-hmm. The gentleman community could rise up, Brian. That's true. That's true. We have a lot of we have a lot of beer advocates. That's right. Um, you know what we don't have what snobs. We don't have snobs. No, we don't. We really don't actually. No, that's the thing I love about our community is yeah. nobody is too good for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh man, mm-hmm. we're lucky dudes. You know that? Yeah, we are. We are. All right. So uh, mm. the Vienna, the Sierra Nevada Vienna style lager. Highly recommended. Highly, Absolutely. highly recommended. Um, and the highest rated be, uh, beer on our mustache twist scales yet this far. Yes. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, it's time for the hot button topic. And um, mm-hmm. Glenn, we, we're going to talk about, you know, it's, it's, it's October. We're, we're, we're three weeks away from, from uh, uh, <laughs> Halloween. It's just right around the corner, Glenn. It's my favorite time of year. It's my favorite holiday. I've been waiting I'm, for the decorations. I'm bursting at the seams here. We're decorating tomorrow. At the at the other fort. Oh, oh it's coming yeah. out tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got, okay. Yeah. Uh, no fooling around. We already scheduled it. We're get, we're decorating tomorrow. So uh-huh. when we record the next podcast, we'll be, yes, we'll be in the thick of it. You you won't know if you're recording in uh, a haunted house, right, or my house, right. Or Brian's house. Yeah, which could be haunted, too. By the way, um, I hate haunted houses. Do you like haunted houses? I do, yeah. Oh, I hate them. I really? walk through them with my eyes closed. Really? Which is hard. Yeah. Yeah. You like my 
You're like my sister. I, I Thank have, you. What, Thank you for that. One of my earliest... Well, first of all, you wear shorts. <laughs> oh, Second of all... <laughs> what, uh, one of my earliest Halloween memories is of me as a little kid. My sister is three years older than I am. And uh, we, my parents took us to our first haunted house. And it was a little haunted house in you know, someplace in the town I grew up. You know, No mm-hmm. big deal. Mm-hmm. And I went to there as a kid. I was probably like four or five. My sister would have been like seven, you know, something like that. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious. I was walking through like laughing at stuff and like, I, you know, no problem. My sister freaked out. Like for it flipped out, man. She had to, she tried to go back once we got like halfway through the thing. She's like, I can't take this. She like, you know, she totally flipped out. Man. Uh, and I thought it was hilarious. I mean, not my sister's problem, but just, like, the whole thing. I was just like, oh, you know, that's funny. Like, the guy with the, you know. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny how how people handle that situation differently. Mm-hmm. My thing is, is that I get, uh, and I can't help it, I get violent when I'm, yeah. like, I get startled or scared. Yeah. yeah. I, like, one time, I, I've told the story before, but my wife, you know, like, we were somewhere, we were at... A relative's house or something, and she hid in the shadows, and like I came out of the bathroom, and yeah. she like you know ran up behind me, said boo or something like yeah. that, and I like I like turned around and like grabbed her shirt and put her against the wall, and then I realized it was her, <laughs> and I was like, hi, don't ever don't ever do that again, that, and she and if I mean I I don't know why I don't know why mm. I'm like that, but that's the yeah. thing when I'm in a haunted house, like it's right. like I'm gonna yeah. something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> But Glenn, that's not our hot button topic. No, no, it's not. So let's talk about it. So uh, Glenn brought this up um, again. Sometimes the blind squirrel. That's right. We'll find right. a nut. That's right. And so every the, now and again, the question is: uh, modern horror films versus the classics. Yeah. So yeah. I was thinking more of like you know, let's say uh, where do we draw the line? Maybe like two thousands, right? Like this millennium mm-hmm. versus the past, right? Okay, right. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to call because you have these old, you know, they have the old school ones which right. are like cheesy special effects. Yeah, you know, like like Dracula, Frankenstein from back in the day, uh, Hitchcock movies, Hitchcock movies, next That's generation, kind of thriller. yeah, thriller, and then you have like the you know sixties, seventies. You got like slasher movies in the seventies, mm-hmm. the Blob, the Blob. Yeah, well, there you go. And then that was kind of the fifties thing, mm-hmm. you know, on like the monster movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so there's all that stuff, and then like so going in like seventies and eighties. Yeah, I mean, 70s and 80s would be like Halloween slasher Jason. slasher movies, yeah. you know, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. um, Friday the 13th, right. you know, that kind of stuff. And then, like, 2000s is just all over the place, because you, you still have the Friday the 13th, the slasher films. And then it's Wes Craven. And it, yeah. <laughs> and then there, you got, like, uh, Paranormal Activity, right. uh, Blair Witch Project. Um, right. Well, that would have been, like, 99 or something like that. We'll call that. We'll yeah. say it's in the... It, that's a different breed. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Which... I think they're all so different is the thing that, you know... Well, my, my thinking was, like, the newer movies have better special effects, right? Yeah. So they should be able to do more. But the other one... The older mm. ones are classics, right? Mm. They're just... They're, like, the first of their kind. Yeah. And so... Like, groundbreaking. So I'll go out on a limb here. I'm a... Partially because I just don't like... I don't like modern scary movies. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what about like? Sorry, what about like Poltergeist or uh, or, or uh, what was the other one where her head spins? Uh, uh, the Exorcist. Exorcist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did we did we say that one? No. The, the, that Rosemary's was, Baby. Those are free. Yeah. Those are like the freaky like mind game ones, mm-hmm. which I, I I'm not a big fan of those. But yeah, <laughs> you know, modern or classic. But yeah. Um, 
I, I love the old classic ones because mm-hmm. I, I the new ones are just too. I feel like I don't know. I feel like it's just about the special effects a lot of times, and I don't. Wa- a, I've okay. never watched any of the paranormal movies. So Here's I, the thing: once in a while, you'll catch a modern movie with great special effects that also gets the other part of it right with like a really good story and uh, they handle it everything really well. Mm-hmm. I hate the. I've seen some really terrible slasher films that are just more about how gory they can be right, and cheap thrills than they are right. about kind of building the suspense. Right. I mean, I think Hitchcock did a great job of like letting the the, the viewer like put all the pieces together in their mind, and that's like right. more terrifying than right. what they would show on screen. You know what I mean? I think that was... Like know, Scream. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Psycho. Or cra- Psycho, that's what's Psycho is crazy. Um, you know, I... I heard somebody recently describe when he was a kid going to see the birds, the birds. for the first time, mm-hmm. and he said it was terrifying as a kid because once you saw that movie, every time you walked outside, you were frightened, and that's how right. I felt about Poltergeist when I saw that as a kid. It's <laughs> like when I was going to sleep at night, I always got frightened because mm-hmm. I saw that as a kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I can I can kind of I can empathize with that, you know. Um, but it's interesting because if we watch the birds now, we're kind of like eh. Yeah, I watched it last kind year. I think des- Lynn desensitized to uh, something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Or it doesn't seem real or, or real enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you know. Yeah, maybe it's also too that the the graphics are. Ch- I mean, that yeah, the, the, it's, it's not believable from right. Yeah. You, the, the way the birds attack, you can clearly tell that they're not really attacking. Anymore. Right, right, right. But but that is all that aside. I don't know. I'm I'm a classic guy just because they're the only only scary movies I can handle. I, I don't do the paranormal movies. That's the other thing too is I feel like the 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 newer movies also have taken this leap into like being like uh, so unbelievably twisted and like mm-hmm. like dark and mind gamey or I, I don't know I'm yeah not evil but you know what I mean like yeah. Like, the slasher ones, you get it. The guy's mm-hmm. crazy, and he's running right. around chasing people. Right. That's not a leap. It's scary, but mm-hmm. it's not a leap. Mm-hmm. But, like, the ones... the Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think... Like, Paranormal Activity is probably a good example. Paranormal Activity... I've seen... Laura and I have this thing about seeing all the Paranormal Activities. I think we've seen all of them. Because <laughs> I think Gosh. we went to... We went on a date sometime, and we went and saw one of the Paranormal Activities. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, you know trying to be the manly man and everything like that and then like you're in the theater and it, like you jump you know and like you know or like we both like at the same time I like jump into our arms in the movie theater you know like just cause the paranormal activity is all about the, the the quick like yeah you know freak you out moments and they do a really good job it, you know the, they have a lot of different ones so some of them are better than others but they do a really good job of kind of faking you out a couple times okay it's like Michael Jordan coming down the court or something like he goes left he goes right and then he like bowls you over or something yeah. with you know like you don't expect it really but then you get your ass kicked by it so right uh, so the paranormal activity ones are actually pretty good at doing that even though you know it's kind of coming it still freaks you out every still time happens. yeah um, I can't think I'm trying to think of like the best modern uh, like since 2000 movie that I've seen. Have you seen uh, The Ring? Yes. Did you like The Ring? That was pretty good. That, that's up. That's up there. That's one of the better ones. Because that, that's another. That's one I think is like this, they get the storyline. They actually got you know was it Naomi Naomi Watts? Is that who they? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Mean, Naomi Watts. Yep. Had, had a you know it, and mm-hmm. it was you know the, the special effects weren't too cheesy. Yep. Um, my roommates and I saw that in the theater when I was in college. And then we were so we loved it and we were so freaked out by it 
that we decided to watch the original Jap- Japanese oh yeah Japanese version yeah it's awful I mean oh, is it? in comparison to the it's called Ringu or something Ringu like that. yeah it's, yeah it's pretty bad yeah. pretty bad yeah um, I don't know I don't know what the most recent that that one's pretty good um, that one's that was pretty popular um, I don't know there's still a lot that I need to investigate there's so many horror films these days it's hard to like get right. through kind of a lot of good ones so and maybe that's another thing too is like back in the day they used to be like a like the horror movie was like they put a ton of time and money and resources in it well mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't say that it seemed like it was a big deal yeah whereas the ones these days like they just kind of shoehorn them into like whenever mm-hmm. other movies aren't playing in the theaters and one of my favorite I mean I was just thinking about that when you were saying that it was one of my favorites is Halloween right and that was a super low budget uh, I think that was Wes Craven wasn't it I thought he did the original Halloween and could, could be a, I think it was probably and he actually did the score for it too that you know that iconic yep. like ding 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 yeah. you know he he wrote that because he couldn't find one that he he thought was good for the film so he he did that himself which is pretty incredible because it's actually pretty good you know? Jamie Lee Curtis right yep okay yeah 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 so anyway yeah he struck gold on that one mm-hmm. that one was that was a free it still stands up I yeah think. that was that was one of the ones the, the slasher ones uh, Friday the 13th the original one doesn't really seem to stand up as much but Halloween was kind of the game changer as far as that stuff went yeah um, that was really good I mean you know I, I've told you about my my obsession with the Wicker Man the original Wicker Man <laughs> Yes. Not the not the new one. The original Wicker. Okay. Man, yes. Yes. Um, which uh, most critics agree is one of the all time classic horror <laughs> movies. Wait, hold on. Let me go to movie snob. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, it's it's uh, Wicker Man's an amazing uh, kind of low budget movie, but really really cool original concept for a horror movie. I mean, the guy gets kind of trapped out on an island, and all these all these weird things start happening. Um, and uh, really suspenseful, really interesting music, really interesting storyline. Yeah, British British movie. British movie. Um, anyway, the point okay. is, Wicker Man is really solid. I can't think of any movie. Okay, well, this will probably answer the question, Glenn. Okay, I can't think of any modern movies that, off the top of my head, that I would say are you know, go see this horror movie. It's awesome, right? You know? um, maybe Guillermo. Del Toro stuff. He, he did one called The Orphanage that was really good. Um, oh man, I that. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, haunted Orphanage, I'm guessing. Well, sort of, sort of. I don't know. Man, not my thing. Uh, I don't know. I'm there was the other. I'm such a baby. At the this others stuff. with Nicole Kidman. The others that was. Pretty I saw good. that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got Signs. That was a classic one. Uh, Is that a, that's more of a. Th- yeah, is that a horror movie or is that more of a thriller? Yeah, it's kind of the, the line is kind of blurred. I don't know. I, I'm more partial to those kinds of movies yeah. than I am like straight up. Yeah, s- slasher. Mm. But I guess horror movie kind of implies, you know, um, blood and guts. And, yeah, yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. So I don't know, Glenn. I guess we're both in agreement on the classic ones because. Uh, yeah. But again, we're kind of we're kind of lumping a lot of stuff together. If you had to pick one one favorite like era. What would yours be? Would you be like the sixties Hitchcock? The Ooh, that's tough. The the you know, fifties monster movies, the the seventies kinda more it's kinda going towards more modern style stuff now or, or I I'm a fan of like the I think it'd have to be either Hitchcock mm-hmm. I love Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. Or the the slashers of like the seventies and eighties. Yeah. That that's probably my 
I think that would be the golden era. For I me. remember, like as a kid, watching some of like the Nightmare on Elm Streets and and stuff like yeah. that. And uh, that that freaked me out. Not as much as Poltergeist. It's always been the weird, like kind of like ghost, paranormal, yeah, like paranormal, like demon stories that freak me out a little bit. You know, um, th- that's the that's the scariest stuff for me. I think that stems from seeing Poltergeist as a kid. I think I can't get over that. And like, yeah. So well, when I see something that reminds me of that, I think I still kind of have that little part of me that that remembers that and freaks out about it a little bit. You know? Yeah, I... I have you seen... You, have you seen Rosemary's Baby? Nope. Okay. Not gonna. Uh, I saw that for the first time a couple years ago. And that... I'm, I mean, that's something I'm pretty surprised was in the 70s. Like, it, that was a 19, early 1970s movie. And it was pretty disturbing. I mean, yeah. pretty, pretty crazy, pretty gritty, pretty disturbing story you know i i don't know and i i I don't think i've ever seen the exorcist all the way through but a lot of people point to that as the kind of pinnacle of of scary scary stories something there's something about kids Mm -hmm. being whacked up and yeah you know evil that yeah really bother me yeah all right okay Well, so so, what about you? Which, if you had to pick an era, I would. I do. It's tough. It is. I, I think that I'm trying to think of other contemporaries of Alfred Hitchcock because I, I hate to like say that he did the only like suspenseful thriller stories in the sixties and seven or fifties and sixties. I don't know who else did good mystery kind of stories though back in the day. He was it. Yeah. Uh, so I mean. I really, I mean, probably my one of my favorites is Vertigo. Vertigo is awesome. Uh, I love that movie, and uh, obviously, you know, you should go stay at the Vertigo Hotel. I should in San Francisco. We talked about that. Keep yeah. your suitcase zipped up tight. Yeah, because when you're traveling, things are you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I would say probably the Hitchcock era. If I had to pick one, uh, but I, I do like those those seventies. Seventies movie, something like Halloween's awesome. I think Halloween, I watch, yeah, I watch that like every year. It's only like an hour and ten minutes long or something like that. Yeah, but it's it's great, really really well done. Um, how they, yeah, he just it was brilliant how he, yeah, like would I just the car like following the car around and mm-hmm. like you never got a yeah again it's what you couldn't see that was scary right, right. you never really got a, to see his face right while he's driving and everything. yeah 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 so yeah anyway okay so yeah I don't know I don't know. Well, maybe we'll delve into some more Halloween topics as we lead up to the big day. Sounds like a plan, Brian. Okay. Uh, well, Glenn, it's time for the final segment okay. of the show. And this is the uh, questions from the gentleman mailbag. Okay. What, what do we have this week? What, what was sent to us that, yeah. that well, people US, are just dying to know? U.S. Postal Service delivered a bag of mail Again. Um, to, Again. to our P.O. box, which is 442305 uh, here in Lawrence, Kansas. And, uh, you know, they have the overflow. You have to go in the back room. Mm-hmm. They're like, here's your bag. Mm-hmm. Stop doing this. Stop. Give us a dirty look. Please stop the podcast. This is really annoying right. for us. You know, right. but we support them because they support us and it's, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, point is, Glenn. Okay. So the, the question from the gentleman mailbag this week is, what is the best costume you've ever pulled off? And what is your costume going to be this Halloween? Well, I'll, I'll break this apart. The best, best Halloween costume, Brian. I'll break it into two parts. Okay. Um, when I was a wee lad, I think it was in third grade. Mm, going back to the elementary school days. Yeah. Huh? My mom made a handmade Peter Pan costume. Wow. Now, at the time, I thought it was sweet. Right. But my costume required ladies' tights. Ooh. Ladies' pantyhose. 
This goes back to the shorts thing we were talking about. No, right? it has... Okay, I was wearing shorts, but right. this has nothing to do with the shorts. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with trying to emulate that Peter Pan... Right, that look. Though I don't think he... Uh, I think she was basing it off of uh, Hook, off of off of uh, Robin Williams' portrayal. Okay. So, if you go look at that, imagine, you know, eight-year-old Glenn mm, mm-hmm. in that that uh, that Robin Williams style. Mm. It was awesome. She did a really good job. Okay. I was it was pretty it was pretty cool. Um, I was I was uh, yeah I thought pretty highly of my mom at that point. Mom, you're awesome. Yeah. All right. So third grade, but uh, I think it was two or three years ago, mm-hmm. and you were at this party. Yes, I remember this costume. I know where you're going. With um, this. I, I went as Nacho Libre. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I shaved a mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, it. Was one of the better costumes I've <laughs> I've seen. Thank you, thank you, Brian. Glenn had like the you had like the the pastel pants, the stretchy pants, and the uh, the sweater and the mustache. Yeah, and the uh, uh, they did something to my hair. It was a lot longer oh, yeah. time, and so it was like all puffed out and yeah, yeah. It was it, there's a remarkable likeness there. That's yeah. well, we've already addressed the fact that apparently I look like Jack Black. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know how proud I am of the fact that I look like not I can look. Like Nacho Libre, mm. pretty, pretty. That's the matter. When you're talking about a, host- a Halloween costume, mm. you know what I mean. Uh, the, the point is that you can you can emulate that look. It doesn't matter how you get there. It's it's <laughs> that fact that you can emulate that look. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So the ends justify the means. That's what right. You're saying? Okay. That's right, Glenn. All right. Well, I'll I'll, I'll go with that. What so about what you? you? What are you going to be this year, though? Oh, what am I going to be this year? Mm-hmm. Man, I don't I don't know. You don't know. Because we had talked about yes. something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know. All right, are we gonna are we gonna pull this off? I don't know. We'll see. Okay, so a lot of logistics. Let me let me talk about my. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I have two costumes that I think were. Oh, you have good. two as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But mine are more modern era. I can't remember any specific costume I had when I was a kid. I always had the you know the standard. You know, go to Walmart and buy the Spider Man costume right, or right. whatever. You know all that stuff you have when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely did that. I can't remember any particular Halloween costume that I had when I was a kid, but I'd love to like go back into my like parents' photo albums and look at all the different outfits I did. I'm sure I had all kinds of stuff that I can't even remember, but as soon as I see it, I'll like freak out and be like, "Oh, I remember that, you know, yeah. Transformers costume or whatever it was, you know." Yeah. Anyway, so I can't remember any of the ones from my kid, uh, from when I was a kid, but uh, in the modern era, okay, about uh, ten years ago, I did a. George McFly costume. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, like uh, I I dressed up in which the, okay in the uh, like the white the white um, uh, the white dress shirt yeah black tie okay uh, black uh, plastic like horn rim glasses and then my hair was like slicked over nice like, over you know and like with the yeah you know with like oiled over basically the rain yeah and that was the thing it's like, it was all about you know that and then one of my buddies was like uh, he dressed up as Doc Brown and nice. it worked really well because when we went out it wasn't just like a nerd in an outfit it was like Doc Brown and, and gotcha. George McFly you know what I mean so uh, that was pretty awesome that's awesome um, and that was that I that one worked out really well um, and then uh, I had to master the laugh for that, you know. Um, <laughs> Can you give us a preview? <laughs> okay, it's been a long time. Okay, I, all right. I won't judge oh, you. Okay, but uh, the George McFly laugh as I mastered it back in the day was... Ah, 
so thank you. Uh, nice. Yes. Um, nice. Okay, but the the more recent one that I did, and I spent a lot of time on this. Okay, uh, was Shaun of the Dead costume, which you saw at the same party. The same Nacho Libre Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I fashioned a homemade um, a cricket bat that uh, was was I saw I found a I found a uh, how to make a cricket bat thing on the internet, which is really cool. Use some, <laughs> some kind of cheap supplies, and you build out what appears to be a legitimate. It was basically made out of cardboard, and uh, I don't want to. Yeah. Some, some kind of like uh, covering that made it look like wood, and then some black tape was like the the handle. The handle. So it, you know, and then you splatter it with blood. You know, where I did, I, yeah. I, I just, I took the extra step and splattered with a little yeah. blood, copious. And yeah. then um, I had a again white dress shirt, black pants, red tie, name tag that I specifically made. For it that said, "Hi, my name is Sean." Uh, right, because he wore that. Uh, he worked at that electronic store, and he had that name tag. And then I splattered the white shirt with blood. Um, yeah. And so, anyway, so that was that was a good one. I, I like that one a lot. Um, so this year, okay, okay, uh, Glenn and I have discussed this. We've talked about this. We want to pull off uh, Coach Taylor and Buddy Garrity from Friday <laughs> Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Um, I think you're more of a Coach Taylor than I am. You think so? Yeah. So I would have to, like, I'd take my hair and, like, slick it back, you know, and have it kind of <laughs> flipping up and then, like, maybe some... <laughs> I'd have to find a way to, like, put, like, a like a mullet or something like that kind of going on here. And then uh, oh, I've got to get my hair cut. So I could, like, go tell her, like, give me, like, a... I'd go show her a picture of Buddy Garrity and say, like, <laughs> give, me, give me the Buddy Garrity. You, are you sure that yeah. you want to pay me <laughs> yeah, exactly. to do this? Uh, and then I'd have to get like some I don't know I'd have to get like a pillow and a sport coat and a championship ring Saracen yeah I gotta work on that I yeah, gotta, I'll, yeah. I'll work on it don't worry yeah. uh, so anyway we talked about that okay uh, I've long I've long wanted to be Dr. Horrible no one knows what that is oh, I know but, what that is yeah but I have I have all the elements of that costume so That'd I can be a pull good that one. off on. even if people don't know what it is it's still yeah, good it's still, it's still pretty sweet so I don't know but I, I also kind of if we if the, if the Buddy Garrity Coach Taylor thing doesn't work out from Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Then I want to come up with something new and original. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's always the trick. Is like you're going out there and you don't want to see anybody else wearing the same costume, right? Because then you failed. Right. Then you have lost. Mm-hmm. So you want to have something unique, but it's got to be recognizable. People have got to see it and they've got to say, "Oh, you're, you know, that." Hmm. It's so hard to pull off, really. Tricky. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, Glenn. We're gonna have to go back to the labs. We're gonna have to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think here. I'm in this. Yeah, it's tough. We'll, well, well, don't worry. We'll put. We'll do due diligence. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Rest assured. Don't you worry. Glenn and I will have great costumes for Halloween, and we'll update <laughs> you on it when we get closer <laughs> to the day. Side note: many people, many people, uh-huh. the people listening to this. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have children, yes. If you've had to buy costumes for your children, mm-hmm. you will feel my pain in knowing how freaking expensive those costumes are. They are a racket. It's a racket, Brian. Have you been to like the Halloween store? Yeah, there, Walmart. I mean, it's. People. I went to the Halloween store the other day. Okay, so every town has these. Well, I think I don't know. It, they it must. Has, yeah, they must. Okay, so in Lawrence, there's like a couple empty storefronts that you know used to be some store, mm-hmm. and there's always every Halloween there's some company that moves in and creates the Halloween store there. I went in the, one of those the other day, and it was, it was insane. Yeah. I went to so I went to Target. I was looking for decorations, plastic skeleton, about you know probably four feet tall or something like that. You know, just decoration. You know what I mean? 
plastic. It's all plastic. It looks like a skeleton. Okay. okay? Target, it's like 19 bucks or something like that. Okay? Expensive, right? Right. For plastic, yeah. At the Halloween store, $128. <laughs> Amazon, my friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway. So, that's the scale at which we're talking. And all the costumes were like that, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the costumes were like cheap fabric. And the thing that Laura said was like, do they just like take these costumes, buy like a warehouse full of them like 10 years ago? And then just keep them and sell them every year. They must because they look. The packaging looks like they're like from twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, exa- the dust yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They seriously, probably do. And that's that's one of the reasons why my mom, she always made homemade costumes because yeah. like, I had a friend. A friend of mine's mom was really good at sewing, and yeah. she always made awesome Halloween costumes. I remember one Halloween we didn't have any costumes, so she's just like, "Oh, here, here's a." Here's like a lizard outfit or something, and it was like a full on like crazy like. And I went to a bunch of houses, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this costume's amazing!" And I'm like, oh, "I know, I just whipped it up." Yeah, I it's a singer sewing machine, some thread, and a yeah. little bit of little bit of elbow grease. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, anyway. I wish I was a master sewer because I could create some awesome stuff. Maybe I should be my. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should buy a, a sewing machine and say, "Okay, I'm going to make this costume." Wow, that could be that could be tough. Brian, I, I don't doubt you couldn't do it. Yeah, but it might take a few iterations. Mm-hmm. Patience. Maybe next year. Maybe by next year, I'll hone my snow, my sewing skills to the point where I could create, craft you and I amazing costumes mm. for like Halloween. like Mario and Luigi. Anything, man. Anything. Sky's the limit. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, that's something I can work on, Glenn. And you know what else we can work on? Episode 20... Episode 30. Episode 30. Episode 30. We'll the big 30. We'll be in our 30s. Yeah. Wow. We're not over the hill. It seemed like only yesterday we were turning 18. Yeah, I know. Time flies and you're, you know, you're kind of setting your ways. You're starting to look at kids differently, <laughs> you know? All right, Glenn. Well, uh, so that was episode 29. Next up is episode 30. We're going to be working on that. We're going to go back to the labs. We're going to work Ooh. on episode 30. 3-0. 30 episodes, Glenn. It's a milestone. Well, I no. I mean, we've, we've, we've broken some barriers in this episode alone. We've, yeah. we've reviewed two beers. Two beers for one. Um, we've talked about Halloween. Just think about all the innovations we're going to be up to over the next... And, well... And we're coming up on a year or two because I remember our first yep. episode we started talking about we were talking about Halloween stuff. Yes. So we're coming up. Coming on up on a year. year. What, what a long, strange trip it's been. It has. Yeah, it has, Glenn. And there's so much more we have to talk about. And we're going to get started on that in episode 30, which we will do next week. 3 3 0. The big 3 0. We're excited about it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about episode 30. Yep. And we're going to get further. We're going to delve further into the Halloween topics. Uh, as the, into the run up to, the, to Halloween. Hey, we get your letters. We'll get your mail. We'll get your mail. We, we know what you like. We'll decipher right? it. Yep. We will go back to the labs. We will dust off some scripts. We will <laughs> get after it for episode 30. All right, Brian. All right, Glenn. So I am uh, Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansbury. We will see you next time for episode 30. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time. Drive safe. <laughs>